0: Today's reading is taken from John 21, verse 1 to 14. Afterwards, Jesus appeared again to his disciples by the seed of Galilee. It happened this way Simon Peter, Thomas, also known as Didymus, Nathaniel from Cana in Galilee, the sons of Jebedee, and two other disciples were together. I'm going out to fish. Simon Peter told them, and they said, We will go with you. So they went out and got into the boat, but that night they caught nothing. Early in the morning, Jesus stood on the shore, but the disciples did not realize that it was Jesus. He called out to them, Friends, haven't you any fish? No, they answered. He said, Throw your net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. When they did, they were unable to hold the net in because of the large number of fish. Then a disciple whom Jesus loved said to Peter, It is the Lord. As soon as Simon Peter heard him say, It is the Lord, he rubbed his outer garment around him, for he had taken it off and jumped into the water. The other disciples followed in the boat, towing the net full of fish, for they were not far from shore None of the disciples dared ask him, who are you? They knew you was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them and did the same with the fish. This was now the third time Jesus appeared to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. This is the word of God.
1: So if you have your Bibles open, if you can keep it um, to uh, open at chapter 21, let's pray that God will speak to us through this passage. Lord, we thank you for your living word. We pray that you will speak to us and you'll form us into people who follow you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So last week was Easter and we couldn't do this in person, so could I, do it, could I ask you to do this now? So when I say Christ is risen, hallelujah, hallelujah Christ is risen, you say, He's risen indeed. Hallelujah. Okay? Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Could we say in such a way that Jesus would actually be happy to hear (laughs) what you are hearing? Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Amen. Hallelujah. He's risen. And I, there are many other reasons to celebrate, hallelujah, we can meet together in this church, hallelujah, we can go out and eat at a restaurant, hallelujah, the, the playground's open, the museums are open, it's just fantastic, and if you are, uh, you, the movies are open, and if you are triple vaccinated, I think you can even eat popcorn while you eat, um, your uh, while you watch uh, the, vid- uh, the, the, the movie. Uh, I don't know if there are movies um, that you are looking forward to seeing. In the last decade, the Marvel franchise really dominated the movie scene, um, didn't they? And uh, there were a great set of movies, and each of these movies were just excellent, right? It had beginning and an end. It's sort of it's a self-contained uh, movie, but they did something ingenious. To connect these Marvel universe, right at the end of each movie, do you remember? uh, It would would end. There would be uh, credits um, that that roll. At the very end, there would be about 30 seconds or a minute of what's to come next. That would connect you from that movie to the one that is coming. Let me tell you, it wasn't the genius of the Marvel uh, screenwriters who invented this technique. And let me convince you that it was the Apostle John who who came up with that technique. If you have your Bibles open, take a look at chapter 20, the penultimate chapter in the Gospel of John. Not the last one, last chapter, but the penultimate chapter in chapter 20. We see a story that is ending in chapter 20. We see the risen Lord. We see him appearing to Mary Magdalene. We see him appearing to the disciples, him breathing on them. We see him appearing to then Thomas. And remember him, uh, Thomas, exclaiming, my Lord and my God, and he worships Jesus. And then the book seems to, uh, to, to end John seems to end the book in this way. In John chapter 20, 30 to 31, Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not recorded in, in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that, that by believing you may have life in his name. Doesn't this sound like an ending? End, roll, credit, right? And, and that, that's it, the, the, the music, uh, closing, uh, the closing music. But then, we get chapter 21. Take a look at how it begins. Afterwards, Jesus appeared to his disciples by the Sea of Galilee, and it happened in this way. If you read John, this section in chapter 21 seems like an awkward edition. In fact, it, it, that impression is so strong, many scholars believe that John chapter 21 is a later edition. Uh, something that the disciples, John's disciples, wrote and added on to the Gospel of John later. But I think John was doing something that the Marvel writers, in 2,000 years later, would do. I think what he was doing was he was signaling an end of one story, there is an end. Jesus' story, he came, the, 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 the logos, God came and he lived and he died and he rose again. He breathes on the disciples. He says he's going to leave. And that is end of one story. And that's how this ends. But what John is saying is, but the story, the story continues. There is a bigger story. Jesus' story does not, con- uh, does not end with Jesus just going away. Jesus' story, the story of Jesus will become the story of the church. Church going out with the mission that God gives us. We the people going out to the ends of the earth. And that is, that is one John, what John chapter 21 is about. It is a, about a new beginning. And you can sense that that's the case in many ways. There is a time marker. In the very beginning of chapter 21, it's the night. They fish all night. But look, who's there on the shore at the dawn? It is the dawn of the new day. Verse 4, early in the morning, Jesus stood there. And verse 14 tells us that he appeared to the disciples at least two times before. But you see, they don't recognize Jesus. It's as if this is starting once again, all over again. They don't recognize Jesus. They were at the Sea of Galilee fishing. And they couldn't catch anything. And doesn't that sound familiar? You've heard the story too before in Luke chapter 5, in the beginning of the Gospels, when Jesus calls the disciples to fish for men. Do you remember that? That's what they're doing. This story in Luke chapter 5 is exactly the same story in John 21. They're fishing. They can't catch anything. They can't catch anything all night. And Jesus says, why don't you try this? And when they do, they haul in uh, this enormous amount of fish that they can't do. uh, They can't uh, haul in by themselves. And I think that's how then the disciples recognize Jesus as well. Take a look. I mean, once they catch this large number of fish, immediately, verse 7, the beloved disciple exclaims, it is the Lord. Well, how, do they, how does he know that it's the Lord at that point? Well, because this has happened before. It's the Lord. And Peter recognizes it too. He, he puts something on, he jumps straight into the water to swim towards Jesus. It is the new beginning. And when Jesus called the disciples the first time. This is the commission that he gave them. Don't be afraid. From now on, you will fish for people. As ESV puts it, you will be fishers of men. So they pulled their boats up on the shore, left everything, and followed him. You see, This is why John chapter 21 is here, because the story of Jesus continues (laughs) with the story of commissioning the church. The church is now commissioned once again to go out and continue the story of Jesus. So in the beginning of this new chapter, Jesus recommissions the disciples um, to go out and declare the good news of Jesus the resurrection, the forgiveness that's found in him, the coming of Jesus' kingdom into the world. And that's how this story and the next story that we read last week on Easter is is of the same story, right? Because he then commissions Peter, feed my lamb, feed my sheep, take care of them. It's about building the church. Friends, that story continues. And it includes us. As we've uh, heard, uh, today is Niels' last day with us. And two weeks ago, I mean, it would have been much better if he had preached today, but uh, we didn't actually plan to meet in person today like three weeks ago. And so um, this is what's happening now. But, you know, two weeks ago, he preached his uh, last sermon. Do you remember what he said in his farewell sermon? He preached on the coming of the day of the Lord. And he told us that there is nothing more important than that day, to, than preparing ourselves for that day, to go out and tell the world about that coming day of God's judgment. And He quit being a, a consultant and whatever, became a pastor because he was so important, because this was so important to him, that he wanted to tell people about that coming day. I know that there are many things in our minds, on our minds, that seem more pressing than on this, than building the church. But friends, as Neil said two weeks ago, don't let uh, the, 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 the important get drowned out by the urgent. Don't let this message of the coming day of the Lord uh, drown other tasks. This is an important thing. This is, the building up the church is, uh, the church is what Jesus died to gather us and then he then tells us to go out and spread his kingdom and that call isn't just for the apostles or um, for the bishops or pastors it's for all of us just as the great commission is for all of us friends god has sent us to city one is that something that you have thought about to how do we love the people here? How do we serve the people in City One? How do we go out to the streets of City One and share the good news of Jesus? How do we do that? That is what God is asking us to do. God has brought uh, uh, us to different uh, networks and families and jobs and professions and friendship circles. Are you constantly thinking about what God has commissioned you to do in those circles? God has brought us here today to feed one another with God's truth, to take care of one another, to get to know each other. That's the first step, right? We need to get to know each other so that we can serve one another, to feed one another, and to take care of one another. Is that your concern today? You know, in the opening um, uh, music, as as we're singing praises of God's goodness, I I, I honestly, like, it was so good. I, like... um, uh, yeah, I, I mean, I cried a little. <laughs> I cried a little, just, just so, because I know that this is what God's doing here in Shatin. The church is what God's doing here in Shatin. God is reconciling us to Himself, and He's reconciling us to one another. There's nothing more important than that. Church, are you hearing His commission? Go and become fishers of men. Will you listen? To our risen Lord. Take a look at verse 3 there. Peter and his uh, six friends fish all night and they catch nothing. But in the early morning, they hear a voice of someone who they don't recognize. My friends, haven't you any fish? Uh, You don't like being told what to do in your jobs, right? (laughs) And here's this man, a stranger on the shore. Haven't you caught any fish? And you know, they're not happy. No. They say, just one word, no. And then this friend says, well, throw your net on the other side of the boat, and you'll find some. some people see in this lesson, try harder lesson, right? Don't give up, just try until you catch something. That's not what's going on here right? Or uh, some people, uh, um, it's not even really even about the expertise. Uh, Jesus is giving them, isn't giving them a tip on how to catch uh, fish uh, better next time, right? He's not giving any sound advice. He's not saying, oh, your big fish live in the deeper end or they live in the place where the uh, river and, and the sea meet. That's not what he's saying. He's just asking them to do something that is slightly irrational. But what happens when they listen to Jesus but they catch more fish than they could handle they were unable to haul the net verse 6 because of the large number and let's not misapply this passage here John isn't saying that if you listen to Jesus your business will succeed If you only listen to Jesus, then you will live a happy life. If only you listen to Jesus, your children will go to the best schools. That's not what he is saying. That's not what this passage is about at all. This passage isn't about you (laughs) at all. Please listen to him now. We often come to the Bible, to stories like this, with I at the center. I am going through all of this stuff. How can God help me? What is God saying about me and what I want to do? Right? How uh, will God comfort me? How will God help me to succeed in my business, get into great schools or jobs or whatever? And you know, sometimes often the most positive feedback that I get from, uh, from uh, the preaching is often when I say something that is relevant to your lives. Well, the thing is, the goal of preaching isn't to say something relevant to what's going on in your life. Because the goal of the Bible isn't to say something that is relevant to what is going on in your life right now. You know what the goal of the Bible is and goal of preaching is? To tell you about Jesus who He is, what He is like, so that you can be like Him. The goal of the Bible is to tell you about God's plan for the world so that you might change the way that you live and then fit your life into God's plan and and, and do the things that God wants you to do. That is the goal of the Scripture. It tells you about God. It tells you about God's mission for the world. And I hope that's what you will hear, that God cares about the church. God cares about that Jesus' story continues with us going out, telling people about Jesus, sharing this good news with others, becoming a community that is more and more Christ-like so that others can see that God is here, <laughs> that we can go out with this good news of the gospel. He's inviting you to stop fishing where you are, doing the same things that you are concerned about too. Go back to the things that you know how and to listen to Him, to listen and follow Him. Friends, will you do that? I know that it sounds self-serving because I'm a pastor and you're here. (laughs) And I struggle with saying stuff like this because I know the stuff that is going on in your life is important. But God is concerned about what we are doing here. This is God's new community. Will you listen? We need you. We need all your gifts. But of course, we'll only listen to him when we're fed by him, when we see God's grace. Isn't it curious that Jesus cooks for the disciples? That's one of the first things that he does. He comes upon the shore, he catches a whole bunch, bunch of fish himself. I don't know where they came from. And he cooks this food for the disciples. And when they told them the, that net full of fish, they came to the shore and they saw a fire of burning coals uh, there with fish on it and some bread. Last week I pointed out. There are only two places in the Bible what that burning coal, that word for burning coal, is used in the entire Bible. It's here, and also in the scene of uh, Peter's first denial, John chapter 18, verse 18. There, they're around this coal of fire. And this place, that in some ways, I think what John is signaling, is a place where it symbolizes Peter's failure, Peter's sin, his denial of Jesus, Jesus transforms it to be a place where he's nourished, where he's invited to come back to him, to be fed by him, to experience his grace. And that's often the case. That's the pattern of our Christian life, isn't it? The places where we have failed, the places where we are deeply ashamed of, that's often the place where Jesus nourishes us and gives us this abundant grace that keeps us going forward. He invites us in that place to come and be fed by him. Come and have breakfast, he says. And so they eat together. They eat together there, the Jesus, a the food Jesus provided for them. And we aren't told uh, what they uh, talked about, but we get a glimpse of what they were thinking. Take a look at verse 12. None of the disciples dare to ask him, who are you? They knew it was the Lord. You see, something had changed in the resurrection. They couldn't immediately recognize Jesus. They are certain when they hear this voice and they catch the fish and they jump in. And even as they eat around the table, there's something they're not quite sure. Is this really Jesus? And they become more and more sure of Jesus's identity as they eat around that table, as they experience the grace that Jesus gives them, as they're nourished by him. And something like that also happens in the Gospel of Luke. Remember the uh, disciples on the road to Emmaus, they talked with Jesus all along, and they say later on, our hearts are burning within, right? But when were their eyes open? When Jesus took bread, broke it, gave thanks, and gave it to them. Their eyes were opened. In that place of nourishment, when they experienced God's grace, they recognized Jesus to be Jesus. And then, because they were fed, then they're sent out. As we saw last week, after feeding them, Jesus, after feeding Peter, Jesus then commissions him to go out, to go and feed his sheep, to to take care of them. Communion and commission are linked. This is how one theologian put it. Our time with Jesus does not end with the meal either. At this table, we renew fellowship with him, but this table is not only for gathering. It is also for sending. This table is not only for communion, but also for commissioning. Better, the covenant renewal that occurs at this table is simultaneously a commission because having fellowship with Jesus means having fellowship in his mission and in his martyrdom. Today we're going to do something that I sorely miss doing: to take communion together. In communion, we'll be invited to feed on Jesus. We'll be invited to remember how his body was broken, his blood was shed, that as we eat the bread and drink, that we taste his goodness, we taste his forgiveness, we taste his life shed for us, given to us. But the meal itself, of course, isn't the end. Fellowship with his communion with him, his sharing in his commission, the mission to go out, mission of Jesus, to go and love the world to share this goodness with the world. We eat together so that we can go out. Church, we have a lot of things to do. Uh, The story of Jesus continues. So let's feed as we come to the Lord's table, to our heart's content. Let's feed on that grace so that we might be transformed. We might hear and obey his call. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that the story isn't over, as we see the aching world around us. Lord, we thank you that you are here. You are here in our midst. You are here transforming us. You are here transforming us with your grace to be your presence in Shatin in City One, in our networks of friends and family, to go out and feed and go out and catch and feed and care for them. Lord, as we come to this table, would you transform us with your grace? Would you feed us richly? Would you transform our hearts that we might be people who hear your word and obey it? In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing our offering song together now. I'm going to ask you to stand. Of course, we are not going to pass the offering basket. There are